What's going on, everybody? What's up? That was weird. I don't like that. Nah, it's fine. It is what it is. Uh, no, I don't like it. As uh, Jonathan Davis says, it is what it is, what it Boom, is, what it is. Pop, ba, dig, dig, dig. Yes. Like, no, that is not what I was going to quote. Bomb pop, diggy dug, diggy diggy duggy, or something of that nature. <laughs> bagpipe solo. Yes. Although I don't have bagpipes, so... Uh, I wonder if that, that dude we met knows how to play bagpipes, because I saw that'd be pretty cool. I have no idea. And you get a b- weird Scottish bagpipe intro. <laughs> <laughs> right. Alright, so... How you been, bud? It's been a minute. Mmm, dead. Dead? Yeah, between the new business fun and everything else, it's uh, been a hell of a weekend. Yeah, uh, life gets hectic. That it but, does. I mean, but I mean, at least everything's going for you, though. That's the thing. Might need a little lucky rabbit's foot, you know, just get real superstitious and whatnot. Well, I mean, that's going, but, you know, the uh, spinal steroid shit didn't work, so it's like half good, half kind of meh. Uh, yeah, we really do got to get you a lucky rabbit's foot. Just get me a whole freaking rabbit. Wait, <laughs> wait, wait. I whole, forgot. We don't edit ourselves. Get me a whole fucking rabbit. Fuck it. I like how you just went and put more emphasis in it. Hell yeah. Fuck it. But what do we, uh, what do we bring today? Well, speaking of, uh, lucky rabbit's foot and superstitions, uh, I'm gonna give you guys some backstory. So I had gone out to just like I don't want to jinx it, but I went out on a date on uh, Saturday, <laughs> and we ended up going to Bookman's. And I like going through like the weird occult section of Bookman's and looking at all the weird spooky stuff. Right, right. They usually have some pretty good stuff, but I came across a book. It's called. White Rabbits and Black Cats Superstition The History of Common Folk Beliefs by Sally Colthard. Oh, sounds intriguing. Yes, I mean, it's pretty cool because, well, this is what the book looks like. So it's a double sided book. On one side, it's like a black cover and it has like a wolf and skulls and mushrooms and cross fingers and like candles. Okay. And on the other side, it has, like, ravens and, like, teeth. It had rabbits, stairs, mirrors. So it's basically talking about the good and the bad side of superstition. All right. I can I can get with that. So I went through and I just kind of briefly read a couple of the stories and whatnot. And I found a couple, like, weird ones that I want to bring up to you and kind of get, like, your opinion on. All right, all right, all so right. So for this episode, I think with be fun to just do like the dark side of the superstition and then for the next episode we can get like the more upbeat like good looks superstitious stuff sounds like a plan to me i am game with the dark side (laughs) luke i am your father help me obi-wan kenobi you're my only hope so have you ever heard of a witch's mark I believe I have, oh. but that's just strictly hearing of it. I've never actually Look done at research. You. Aren't, aren't you the well-learned scholar? I mean, I kind of have to be. <laughs> I got to study everything. It's just part of me. 
So basically, witches' marks are like these little sigils that people like, mainly farmers will put on their barn. Like even on some like older barns, if you look real hard, you can probably find some. But it looks kind of like a little sand dollar. But they used to sketch that in to kind of like protect you from witches and like witchcraft and all that stuff. But I always thought that that was like I have I heard about it before, but it wasn't until like that came back up on the book that I really started thinking about like why though like I don't understand like the whole marking thing. Yeah. But I guess it was actually pretty common. Uh, people do like the sand dollars, or do you know how like they do crosses or like circles? Yeah. Some people do like the VV sign. Mm-hmm. Villa Vallo. Yes. Yes, they would pray to the neon noir. But um, yeah, it's just I always thought it was kind of weird. Here, I'll pass you the books. So you can kind of see what I'm talking about. So oh, okay. it looks like a flower with a circle around it, and then it looks kind of like a kind of like a Celtic knot. And then it's like crosses and stuff like that, but they do that to kind of like deter witches from like messing with them. Does it explain in there how or why? I guess the markings are supposed to be like something related to like that witches don't like like. It's like kind of like it's kind of like pepper spraying a witch. Or have you seen like the supernatural when they're like the salt ring keeps demons out? Yeah, a salt circle. Yeah, yeah. So the salt circle. Um. So just. They're called the hex foils. Uh, the most common ones are the daisy wheel or a hex foil pattern, which is the little flower one I showed you. I have actually seen that on buildings before. Yeah, that's weird, right? Uh, so the endless lines were supposed to confuse and, and trap evil spirits. So that's this one right here. It looks like the little Celtic knot I was telling you about. Yeah. I believe that's the hex foil. Uh, yeah, so they're basically supposed to confuse evil spirits. Other common common markings are the pentagram, the pentangles, sorry, five-pointed star, crosses, concentric circles, and the letter VV are often AM, often intertwined, which refers to the Virgin Mary. Huh. Yeah. I did not know that one. So does that mean when it's 7 AM, it's 7 Virgin Mary? I don't think that's what it meant, but sure. We'll uh- go with that. Uh, other pictorial markings have been uncovered from sailing ships and shoes. So people, like, put this shit, like, on their shoes. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's basically, like, they draw, like, demons, musical notes, windmills, all representing voices from the past, hoping for a safe return of the ship. Plentiful circle and protection in the afterlife. So basically, the sailors would kind of, like, do those kind of markings and shit. Right. Just to kind of, like, ward off evil. Like, you know how they're very superstitious? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I guess that would kind of go into it to, like, protect them from, like, e- the evil witches of the sea or whatever. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, but I was like, if you really look at it, you can see a lot of these designs, like, still. Like, in modern architecture, and, like, you think, like, is it just because they think the design's pretty? Or do you think, like, superstitiously, they're like, oh, well, let's put this sign to, like, ward from evil. Well, I mean, the weird one is that daisy symbol. Yeah has been incorporated to even uh like mason work like i've seen it incorporated into many buildings in like the brick lane yeah yeah that's what i'm saying i was like if it's there was do you think it was done on purpose for protection or you think it's there like superstitiously or just because it looks pretty well i mean think about it most people don't know about witches marks or well not most but there's a majority of people that don't 
that are probably like, oh, that, you know, that's a beautiful design. But in reality, maybe that's not what it's meant to be. Maybe it has yeah. that meaning behind it of no brouhaha. No brouhaha. But even like the the hex foil, like the little fucking line that like keep going. Yeah. I've seen that before. Like, I didn't know what it was. I thought it was just a cool looking design. But I've seen it like I've seen people drawn on the Internet. I was like, I wonder what the fuck that is. Like, it's a cool design, but I didn't never knew what it was. Well, now we know that it's uh, some form of protection against, uh, you know, the evil forces and all things of that nature that has to do with witches and witchcraft. Yeah, that's a that's a weird one, though. I thought that would be a fun one to start off with, like the symbols. No, it's it's definitely interesting, man. Definitely interesting. All right, you ready for the next one? Lay it on me, Bone Daddy. <laughs> Don't call me that. That's a horrible nickname. <laughs> but uh, the next one's the Scottish play. So you've heard of Macbeth, right? Yes. So apparently, since like the beginning of like Shakespeare, right? <laughs> They've, uh, Macbeth has always been a problem for actors. So. I've heard something about it being like cursed or some shit like that, or them yep. thinking it's cursed. Yeah, so apparently people think that's been cursed like straight out the gate. Uh, so I'm gonna give you like a couple of examples of like what's happened. Yeah. So when the play was first performed at the beginning of the 1600s it said that a young boy booked to play lady Macbeth died suddenly although there's no written evidence of this okay in 1672 amsterdam performance one actor allegedly stabbed another by accident jesus <laughs> yeah a few a few years later when the play was received for a london run the opening night was hit by one of the worst storms in english history damn yeah there's still more uh, audiences riots were also documented once in 19 in 1721 at, Le- at Lincoln's infield and another in 1772 at Covent Garden in 1849 one theater brawl during a New York production left 22 people dead and more than 100 injured god damn that's like worse than all the the conjuring curses we're not done yet though other productions have also been reportedly dogged by incidents Actors plunging off stage, dying mysteriously, or even the caves of Laurence Olivier in 1937 at the Old Vic in London, narrowly avoiding being killed by a falling stage weight. God. So you remember the dude that played Othello, right? Uh, he was like old-timey actor. I yeah, believe so. He was almost crushed, dude. God damn. <laughs> so, so, like, why do people think it's superstitious, though? So many of the Shakespearean theater goers believe that the it's supernatural that all this shit's going on because the majority of people believe that it was it was witchcraft around it. So the King James, yeah, uh, the Bible man, right? He thought it was witchcraft. He thought that the whole like story was like an abomination. And it was like douse and like witchcraft. So a lot of uh, like the goers and, like, people, I believe, like, in the witch lore of, like, oh, it has power behind it. Yeah. They think the play's cursed itself because the play was intended to be, like, a dark kind of play. Like, it was supposed to be performed, like, at night and, like, in a darkened place, uh, like, a dark theater. 
just kind of like mix the mood and all that. But it, like yeah. if you see any performance of it, you like Shakespeare in the Park or uh, on Broadway. It's so that's why people kind of think like over like four hundred years, it's four hundred years old, and it's like plagued by all this shit. But if you really think about it, like logically, it's a four hundred year old play. Yeah. There's gonna be a lot of shit that goes wrong. It's gonna accumulate over time. People are gonna be like, oh, well, let's look at this fucking, like, 60,000 times that we ran the play with no incident. And, oh, okay, whatever. But let's look at these fucking, like, 20 cases that have happened. And they're like, it's cursed. Well, I mean, how many... So, I guess the next step in that one is to look at... And this could, you know, be a add-on to part two of this episode. Yeah. Is how many different plays have bad accidents and what is, like, how often do they occur? Is it something that's a rarity? Is it something that's often? Because then you can kind of go, well, this amount is kind of out of the spectrum. So what the hell is going on? Yeah, but I think it's just that. It has more, like, issues than, like, most other plays besides, like, Spider-Man on Broadway. <laughs> There's um, a Spider-Man on Broadway? Not anymore, dude. That was, like, a bunch of fucking people injured. I think, like, one person died because, like, the stunts for it were, like, so complex. I mean, it's a curse because it's Spider-Man and Spider-Man sucks. You shut your mouth. No. You I... shut your dirty little whore mouth. You don't say that about Spider-Man. I just did. And if anyone disagrees, that's fine, because you're all allowed your own opinions. <laughs> we circle back to freedom. Yeah. But um, no, I mean, it, it really could be, you know, maybe there is some truth behind that cursing yeah. itself or witchcraft. I mean, it is hard to say because witchcraft comes in many shapes and forms. Yeah. That's, I don't know, man, but the next one's pretty fucking wild. I thought you'd enjoy this one. All right, lay it on me, not bone daddy. <laughs> okay. Uh, this one's called The Dead Man's Hand. Oh, wait, is it like that uh, that one cursed hand that we talked about? No, actually. Okay. Okay, we'll, I'll, I'll circle sure. to that one at the end of this, but this is something completely different. So, I'm going to read you the little introduction that it has in the book. All right, let's do it. So for centuries across Europe, people have believed that the touch of a dead man's hand could cure ailments, particularly particularly those of the face and neck, such as cysts and goiters. The deceased could not be an ordinary person, however, but someone who recently met an untimely death given the difficulty of accessing the corpse of suicides and family tragedies. The only way to touch a dead man's hand was to visit a public execution. Oh shit! So so now because of that, I could picture someone with like massive cysts on their face that are like impeding their living and being happy. Yeah, like going to a beheading, and as soon as they beheaded that person, like just grabbing his hand and slapping it on their face. Yeah, something like that. So, newspapers reports from the 1700s and late 1800s tell of onlookers grabbing the hands of deceased criminals. And rubbing them on themselves, on their afflicted or their afflicted children, that's Gentleman's Magazine, seventeen fifty eight observed. So that's terrible. Here, son, I know you feel sick. Come here and just—it gets so much worse. Oh no! Yeah, 
So they're talking about this next paragraph. I'm going to kind of like briefly summarize it. But people are watching a hanging and they pass a child of about nine months old uh, into the hands of the ex executioner. So nine times, count it, nine times. Right. This executioner passes the baby's face through the hands of these nine dead people. Jesus. Uh, yeah, because it seemed that the... They, like, over the face, because the scene that the baby had, like, a wen or a giant cyst on its cheek. And with it being superstitious, uh, they thought that doing that was going to fucking help them. The question is, did they have a record of it helping? Um, That baby, at least. I don't know. that. There's not a record on that. All right, so we're going to have to remember these specific ones because I want to see if we can find anyone that has at least claimed or been able to show, well, they wouldn't show pictures back then, but maybe a drawing or something yeah. that uh, shows like, hey, look, this did work. So uh, the, Tom the author, Thomas Hardy, even wrote a short story. It's called The Withered Arm, in which woman Gertrude is told to cure her disability by visiting a hanging. So Hardy, who was born in 1840, insisted the tale was based on true stories. So imagine be like, hey, I'm going to write this fucking story about this goddamn fucking people rubbing dead people hands on them. That's disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking weird if you really think about it. Because there's no proof about this. But, um, I mean, back in the day, you know, people were, like, real, like, superstitious. And, like, even their medicine is, like, fucking insane. So even doctors at the time, there was no fucking proof. There really was no fucking proof about anything. But doctors often believed that the power of the divine touch or the ability of the soul of a deceased criminal to take away their ailments is penance. So they say, like, the criminal got killed. So their soul wants to make things right. So they're going to cure somebody on the way out, which it's weird. Huh? Yeah, dude. Even William Harvey, one of the founding fathers of modern medicine in the 17th century, had sometimes tried fruitlessly, but often with good success to cure patients with a dead hand. That's so kind of weird. He was actually curing people with a dead hand, though. It's fucking wild. Imagine going to your doctor now and be like, oh, I got a headache. Like, my, my face is, like, bloated. Like, slap you with a dead hand. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I couldn't imagine going to a fucking doctor and him being like, oh, you have a migraine? Well, here, and then bitch slaps you with a dead person's hand. Yeah, but, I mean, you got to think about, like, back for the time, like, people that, like, suffer from, like, disfigurements and, like, What's the alternative? Like, surgery for facial cysts and, like, other conditions like that? It was extremely expensive. And most of the time, it'd leave, like, really bad scarring. And, like, other remedies, like, like, law here, rub some fucking, here, rub this herb, what is it, herbal poultice? Little fucking oh, bag of yeah. herbs. Yeah, rub that on your face and see if that does anything. Well, so, my question is, and... I know some people might be like, oh, that's, I don't want to say controversial, but it is. So could that also be in tune with how, you know, there's those insane 
big, huge, like, auditorium status churches where people go, and the dude is, like, puts his hand on their forehead. Oh, you can see again. And, yeah. like, you know, it's it's one of those <laughs> you things. You think they do that the hanging? It, well, it's, like, one of those things. Like, is it just... I mean, obviously, if you're blind, you're not going to be able to see. But if yeah, you're if you're I'd... sick or something, and you believe hard enough, like, is your body going to go? Oh, yeah, I can cure this cold quicker than I thought. Well, I mean, this wasn't for like blindness or like crippled. This is like mainly just like facial scarring and shit. But like the like, have you ever got like one of those fucking cyst pimples? That's like underneath the skin, but you can't pop it because it's like it's not protruding. So you like you try squeezing and it fucking hurts. Like, um, I've had one of those, but I got it to pop. Yeah, but imagine that like the fucking because it was like tender. Like you try touching it, it fucking hurts. Yeah, imagine that, but all over your face. Like if you're going through that like enough, and at the time there wasn't like Doctor Pimple Popper. Like oh, let me. Get this little needle and poke it under my skin and see if that does anything. Poke it with a syringe and just yeah. suck the shit out. Your fucking things and be like, oh well, let's go to the let's go to the hanging. Let's take the family out for a nice Sunday hanging. And uh, if we're lucky, maybe we uh, touch the dead man to our face. See right. if that does anything. But uh, to circle back from earlier, when you were saying like the hand, like the dead man's hand, yeah, that's actually the hand of glory you're thinking of. Okay, that yeah, that's what it was called. Yeah. And I remember us doing the episode on it. I was just wondering if it was like kind of similar in nature to that. Or no, not. yeah, it's pretty different. But uh, for the people listening that don't know what it is, the hand of glory goes across Europe from Ireland, Russia. So it's, it's a story about basically a severed hand of a felon. Uh, they were eagerly, they were uh, eagerly retold and believes that if you get a pickled hand, I think I'm not sure if it was a burglar or for a murderer. I I thought it was like a th- yeah like I a think burglar was, or a thief. Yeah. So with that, when they die, you have to like pickle their hand in, like a specific way, and like the benefits for having that, like when you did a job, was basically like oh like it puts out any like candle or whatever like from a distance. Uh, it helps you pick any lock. And then the main one that people would want it for was it puts everyone in the house into a deep sleep. Hmm. I mean, that'd be a pretty cool, that'd be a pretty cool D and D item. Actually, dude, that would just be cool in general. Like, Hey, I haven't been sleeping well. Uh, it's nappy time. <laughs> you use it on yourself for non burglar thing. That hand would disapprove. It's very possible. <laughs> That's funny though. But now. I want to know, and I'm sure Duffy would be in agreement. What are some of the superstitions you guys have heard of? What are some that you think is crazy? What are some that, again, you know of? What are some superstitions that you might follow yourselves? Yeah, it'd be fucking great to hear what you guys have to say. Because, like I said, I barely cracked into the book, so I'm a couple stories in. But I would like to hear, like, different cultural ones, because I think this is just covering, like, European and, like, American. Yeah. But I would actually like to hear, like, because I know Mexicans have, like, a bunch of, like, random-ass superstitions as well. And then uh, I want to hear, like, other people, like, other cultures, different superstitions to see if they link up. Yeah, it'd definitely be interesting to hear. So make sure you guys, you know, if you're not already a part of... Hop on the Discord and let us know what you got. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably it for this one. A little bit shorter episode, but I think 
The content is what gets you. Yes, and you know, we we'll be back into a longer episode next week. It's just this like I said, we just uh soft launched uh that unrivaled Java coffee business we've spoken of, so that's just been wear and tear. <laughs> you mean on the mind, one that's been sponsoring soul. us for the last couple episodes? Yes. Yeah, so I mean, again, thank you to Unrival Java for helping us make this happen. Uh, if you're in the Tucson area, go ahead and check them out. Check out their Facebook page. They'll tell you where they're going to be at. But, again, thank you so much, Unrival Java, for helping us make this easier, uh, make this a little bit more geared towards what you guys want to listen to. And also, thank you, all the listeners. You know, we've we've gotten a couple of you in Discord, and, you know, we know it's slowly going to grow, but it's been fun to be able to communicate and chat, and, you know, it's it's nice. We enjoy it. We enjoy you guys and the support, and, again, I mean, we could do this just to do it and never, you know, share it with anybody, but we enjoy sharing it we enjoy the reactions the responses and giving you guys something interesting to listen to yeah so we couldn't do what we do if it wasn't for you thank you that rhyme it did hell yeah Woo! <laughs> that that <laughs> rhyme is now i guess we're gonna have to end there before uh before we- i start freestyling and then it stops rhyming, and then we all get sad. <laughs> all right, guys. So that was it for this episode. Um, we'll see you in Helheim. <laughs>